Welcome to Tenet Men. I am your host, Steve, and I am joined by Kevin, and together we are doing and completing a methodical review of the Christopher Nolan 2020 epic high-concept time travel film, Tenet. We are doing a minute-by-minute analysis of the film by conducting our own temporal pincer movements. I am on the red team moving forward through the film. Kevin is on the the blue team traveling in reverse. Kevin, you never have to hear that again. I never have to read that again. (laughs) This How is are over. you? What an accomplishment, may I? Congratulations are in order. Oh, thank for you. you. We should have had had, shows. Should we crack open some beers while we do this? I, <laughs> yesterday I probably would have, but today I have a lot of, a lot going on in the afternoon. I'll, I'll celebrate tomorrow. <laughs> all right, all right. Like I celebrate yeah. every Friday by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I uh, I can't believe it's coming to an end. Episode 72, mm-hmm. uh, which means we will have covered 144 minutes of the film Tenet over 72 podcast episodes where you cover one minute and I cover one minute each. And the movie has only gotten worse in both of our opinions, I think. And also, as much as we've figured out, we've uncovered more problems um which was i think what we expected (laughs) i didn't expect to uh i mean yeah i you know what i didn't expect to have less of an understanding of the movie (laughs) (laughs) and i and i i can i feel like i can honestly say that there are things in this movie that just do not make sense (laughs) and can never make sense i i i have a conviction there that there's just pieces of this movie that make no sense and that's fine i can accept that i actually can accept that yeah it's uh, entertainment it's fiction there's you know yeah yeah i'm i'm fine with that <laughs> i think if you watch any movie this many times you will probably grow to dislike it so i i can accept that also i hope that there's a time in like maybe 5 or 10 years where i will want to rewatch it and be like oh yeah i kind of like that movie Tenet, when Tenet 2 comes out Tenet 2 yeah I mean Christopher Christopher Nolan's next movie has got to be like some kind of fun time traveling action movie because you know he's, yeah. he's flip flopping between historical stuff and, and I, craziness so I, I do like his historical turn I, I'm, just, I, I'm just trying to think if he really did like I feel like this there could have been a sequelization to this I mean I've thrown out the fact that you have old Denzel out there um, mm, to yeah, use him like in a later timeline. Um, and there's a lot of possibilities for this, but I don't know if he's going to return to this. Well, I think he might've um, I saw something where somebody described this movie as like a heat check, like a term from basketball, <laughs> but they're just like, I, 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 am I really this good? Can I just do anything? And it's, oh, no, no, <laughs> this was, that was too much. Nope. Nope. <laughs> that what a great analogy yeah Mm, yeah, not mine i got that from somebody else yeah Um, no that's great though (laughs) that's really great how hot christopher nolan's thinking how hot is my hand and he found out oh it's okay i can still (laughs) i can still do too much can't can't shoot from half court got it (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
but speaking of a hot hand, I have some hot pitches for a podcast. That's right. So folks, you. listen, we uh as as much as we're ready to end the Tenant Mid podcast, Kevin and I are way too young to retire as podcasters. <laughs> no, uh, we've just gotten started. Right. So <laughs> Kevin for the last two weeks has been pitching some great podcast ideas. We have a total of and four terrible ideas. Ones. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I'm still only I'm still only enjoying one of them. I'm only <laughs> really keen on one of them. Um, but you've come prepared with some new pitches today. I, I have some new pitches. I also have some half cooked ones. So here are the f- two fully cooked ones. I wanted them to not be movie podcasts, which a majority of the other ones had been. Um, so this is pitch number five. The name is the Dad Pod Podcast. Um, hmm. We we are both uh, uh, middle aged uh, dads, fathers, um, and so we are going to have midlife crises live on a podcast <laughs> where we discuss our dad hobbies. All dads have stupid hobbies. <laughs> um, I could we we could both talk about home brewing. We can you can talk about golf. I could talk about marathons and triathlons and we could just focus on spe- very specific, stupid dad stuff um, that only dads seem to do out of sheer boredom. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like that. I, yeah. And I could also go on rants about just being a dad and a, you know, in this certain age in America, I, I went on the other day, I was screaming about how I, I hate the boy Scouts of America. And I was comparing it to, <laughs> Um, the Girl Scouts, and I was like, "Oh, the the you know the, the Boy Scouts, the, the Girl Scouts, they sell these cookies, right? And they cost like five to six dollars, and they're delicious. And everybody wants to buy them. Like when my my daughter is selling Girl Scout cookies, people are beating down my door asking for Girl Scout cookies. And that that money that she receives funds her entire year of being a Girl Scout camps, the dues, everything. The Boy Scouts." First of all, everything is extremely expensive. They're selling you everything that's not nailed down. You have to pay to be a volunteer with the Boy Scouts. You have to, it's exorbitant fees Wait, what for are you, everything. What are you paying for? You have to pay to be educated as a member to get the safety course and stuff. Oh, uh, your 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 trooper pack should be covering that. As, they, as, oh, well, as, it should as, be, but the fact is that you're, you know, it, there's payment is trading hands. For that, and it's not cheap. It's like twenty five bucks or something for to take a as the treasurer as the tr- as the treasurer <laughs> of my Cub Scout pack. I can assure you that we we cover that fee for for parent volunteers. I, I know, but then they always go. You know, we could also you know give it to the kids. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, no, they, they, the treasurer always sits me up with. But I, I, they only have so much money. I understand. And, but like, uh, oh, and then they, okay, the popcorn, the freaking popcorn. It's thirty dollars. Oh. It's like a thirty dollar bag of popcorn. It's it's the hardest yeah. thing to sell. It's it's a terrible product. It's marked up too much, and like there's like it's it there's no way I can move that much popcorn to pay even for one of my kids' dues for the year. The popcorns the popcorns are really bad deal. Um, I'm 100. I like that we're just getting into it. By oh, the yeah, way. we're just doing um, the <laughs> We're just doing it now. This is still tenement. I agree though. The popcorn's a bad deal. You should just skip to like minute marker 12 if you want to actually listen okay. to the and stuff. Yeah, um, but we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the popcorn's a really bad deal. The only thing that's like remotely good on the list is like the microwave popcorn. It's the, still the overpriced, deal. 
but it's yeah. like the only good like value for money. The thing that you have to explain to like the potential buyers is like, yeah, it's expensive, but like a lot of the money is really going towards the kids and like it's you're getting popcorn, but you're also doing a donation to the kids and yeah, we thank you for for anything that you can part with. Yeah, it's like it's they're giving a donation and if you give a certain amount, you get a free bag of crappy popcorn. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's yes. what I, yeah, anyway. All right, all right. All right. We, we will fully dive into that maybe the dad the dad the dad dad bod pod the dad (laughs) pod bod (laughs) cast i thought it was funnier if we did the dad pod bod (laughs) cast all right i like that i can get behind that okay number six is um uh uh, we went through this a couple times uh it's called what you're watching we're talking about what we like to watch on tv and we try and sell each other on uh an episode of tv or a series either we try and sell each other on certain ones or i like force you to watch one episode of game of thrones a, a show you classically have never watched um, no i've seen it i've seen it all you have oh, have you seen yeah, it it's all? not i've seen all of game of thrones and i like it's only good for two had, seasons it, well yeah what was it you haven't seen i forget anyway there's a lot a i haven't seen yeah yeah like I make you watch uh, Yellowstone. Get... <laughs> Yellowstone's trash. The thing is, I think we'll we'll agree too much on a lot of it. Yeah, we'll um, just be like, this is terrible. I, I think we need to find things like this could be fun too. We need to find things that we really think the other person will dislike. Yes. <laughs> and then force them to watch it. That could be entertaining. I but again, you'll have a much easier time with me because you're gonna be like, go see Avatar 2, and I'm gonna be like uh, F off. Or uh uh, but it would force the, me to watch it. Watch the, this episode of Star Trek: Strange New World or something. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but like good. I don't know, I don't know. I actually don't know as much about what you dislike. <laughs> I tend to, I tend to not watch things I'm not going to like. So there's very few things yeah. I don't like. Uh, I make you watch a, an episode of Outlander. I mean that would be funny. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know anything about that show. I just, I just binged, uh, binged <laughs> Wednesday. Wednesday's pretty good. It is pretty good. I watched that with my yeah. daughter. She likes it. Yeah. <laughs> I like the Fat right, Gomez. Well, <laughs> fat Gomez. Yeah. Fat <laughs> Gomez is good. Fred Armisen, Uncle Fester, super good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. Oh, we'll put that in the maybe camp. I feel like we need to develop that idea a little bit more. Yeah. I feel like but... that's one of my undercooked ones, but it's got potential. Okay. What else you got? Or is that um, what do I got? I, that's mostly what I got. Where's my list? I have lists everywhere. Um, would you like to uh, write a rock song together? Um, yes. I like <laughs> I that idea. idea. I love that idea. I have this idea of taking old Jody's or marching songs from the army and just turning them into rock bands because they're in the public domain. So if you just put a, you put a sick beat behind it or, uh, um, you know, some rock riffs, uh, some of these songs are freaking pretty awesome. I had this idea. This this is this is not a new idea to me. In fact, a mutual friend of ours who's in our Slack group who never contributes who never answers us. Yeah. <laughs> um, he uh, him and I had this idea. Like we we started it like a year ago because we're both musicians mm-hmm. and we were gonna like trade tracks every episode and in real yeah. time, like over the course of an episode, like compose a song. Right. It's um, like the exact same. It's like the writer's thing I pitched you. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's the same. It's the same as the writers, which I'm. I'm also still a fan of. Uh, you know who you are if you're listening. I hope you are. And if you are listening, <laughs> like 
dude, what happened? Let's, let's, where are you? (laughs) Are you okay? (laughs) Yeah. Is everything okay? (laughs) Uh, sweet. Well, that's it, right? Yeah. I don't think it's going to get better than that. (laughs) Okay. Well, stay tuned. We're not done. Like we said, we're not retiring. We've got way more, way more gas in this tank. Mm -hmm. Um, but it sure as hell won't be about tenant. Not after today. No. All right. Well, let's jump into it. Uh, I am at minute marker one eleven twenty one to one twelve twenty one. You're going to pick up at one twelve twenty one, correct? Uh, which is super cool. I left off last week uh, with Seder, uh giving his tiger speech, <laughs> uh, and he says, "Look at me and understand. You don't negotiate with a tiger." you admire a tiger until he turns on you <laughs> and you feel it's true fucking nature. Love that. Uh, he's got to practice this speech. Like this is his oh. go-to one day. I'm going to really tell off my wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm going to say. Um, so that's where we pick off, uh, pick up true fucking nature screaming by the end of that, that little mm-hmm. monologue. Um, and then cat, takes a step back and she pulls out a gun (laughs) points it at Seder. she says don't you stay right there uh and that's that takes eight seconds and we actually cut away uh it's at 111 29 we cut to the protagonist and neil sitting in the bmw Mm -hmm. neil is wearing a bulletproof vest by the way the protagonist is not like he's way too cool for for like chest protection yeah, um, he's the one who's actually going to be doing stuff, <laughs> right? In a minute. Yeah, it seems, right. yeah. It seems it seems silly. Um, but yeah, and then uh, Neil goes to the walkie-talkie and says, "Green, two minutes." That green is um, in there. Okay. Yeah, green, two minutes, green and then uh, we hear horns and sirens are heard. The protagonist takes a look back outside the 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 rearview mirror a window, and we cut to a shot looking at the front of the BMW. Uh, it's pulled over uh, to, the, to a city street, and we see the police caravan coming around a corner. Uh, there's a police vehicle in front, armored military vehicle in the middle, and then another police vehicle behind that. Um, and as soon as it passes, the BMW follows. And then we get a new shot watching from like the front seat. This is a really odd shot, actually. The next two shots are kind of odd, right? Because mm-hmm. we get a shot uh, from the front seat of the BMW chasing the caravan. And then we go back to a shot at Neil and the protagonist driving and doing nothing. <laughs> just, just uh, in the two buds just in, in the, the car. car. Yeah. Yeah. Are you following. sure? Are you sure that one from the front seat, can you see the protagonist or Neil in the rear view mirror? You can see one of them in the rear view mirror. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yep. That's because right. also there is a shot from Volkov's car in my previous minute that I covered, which would be, two minutes two minutes Uh, away for you where you don't really see who's in the car uh but um i just thought i I, that that's a good good call out no it's a Mm -hmm. super good call out that's that's interesting um that brings us we're down to the last 23 seconds here here we go 71 got a lot to do 111 58 uh, it's kind of a bummer, man. I, 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 my, the end yeah, of I my minute I, leads into like the fun stuff, and then you get to cover the real. Fun I get stuff. to cover. I get to cover the climax of your. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the real domestic violence. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so we cut back to Seder. 
and he says, you are not going to kill me. Kat says, I already tried. And Sater says, you pushed me off of a boat. You are not going to shoot me in cold blood. Kat says, my blood's not cold, Andre. Sater says, no, but you're not angry enough because anger scars over into despair. And Kat starts breaking down here. Yeah. She's like crying. She becomes shaky. Uh, and then Sater says, I look into your eyes. I see despair. This is a super good dialogue, actually. And I'm I, glad it's my last minute. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, if you remember when Kat does finally shoot Sater at the end of the movie, uh, she says, I, I should have actually written them down. It was a minute you oh, covered, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But she says, I'm, I'm, oh, what's the line? She's like, I'm not the, I'm not in despair. I'm the bitch you scarred or something like yes. that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, I'm trying to find it. Such good stuff. <laughs> so many, I have, all my notes look like gobbledygook back here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, that's the end of my minute at exactly, uh, one, 12, 21 seconds. He says, I see despair. And then you pick up at exactly that moment. I'm going to pick up exactly cool. that moment. I've just found what Kat says, her last words oh, what Cat- before he dies. Uh, two hours, 16 minutes, 21 seconds. It's probably episode four or five. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andre. Look in my eyes. Which do you see, despair or anger? Sater says, what? (laughs) (laughs) Not realizing it yet. And he says, I'm not the woman who could, I'm not the woman who could find love for you, even though you'd scar her on the inside. I'm the vengeful bitch you scarred on the outside. And which Sater says, you. (laughs) (laughs) I got all about that. That's so right, because yeah. yeah, it's already <laughs> happened. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like from where we are in time, she has already killed him weeks ago. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, which is cool and confusing. Uh, so, uh, speaking of confusing, <laughs> oh, picking up from I see despair. I see despair. Yeah, he smacks the gun out of her hand, punches her, and she drops. And Can I say that, something real quick? Because yeah. I, I did watch, I watched the next five seconds because you have to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. As he put, so he pushes the gun away with his left hand. He, he punches mm-hmm. her in the stomach with the right hand. But then you also get the music drop right at, yes. that, at that moment. It's like, whoa. It's, it's <laughs> right? the really? car chase music and it kind of picks up in this scene. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's where it starts, which is pretty cool. It makes it way more intense, too. Mm-hmm. Also, so very hard to hear what they're, also very hard to hear what they're saying. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but he is screaming at this point, and he yells, "Vengeful bitch, living off me, thinking that you're better than me." In the in the script, it says, "Pretending to be better." Um, and then I never knew what he actually says here. He screams enough, and then he spits on her while she's lying on the floor, and after. That that's when he kicks her uh, right in her stomach, um, and then he like hovers his boot over his over her head, like he's gonna like like stomp on her, but he he doesn't. He just holds it there while she's writhing on the ground, uh, and he checks his fitness tracker, 
uh, once again, either looking at the time or his fitness or his heart rate. And he kind of gives like a, hmm. like, I, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> like either he's not impressed with how high his heart rate is, or he's like, oh, okay, I'm still within, or I still have time. I'm not sure exactly what he's measuring. I think he's a little too high for comfort. Mm-hmm. This yeah, is there's... part like the whole the whole activity tracker pisses me off though. Like the dude's dying. Like he doesn't care about his heart rate. Like get out of here. He he seems nothing but at peak physical fitness. Like he's doing all <laughs> these weird sports he... and like yeah, he's But he has cancer. He's dying. Like what like what do you like who cares? Mm-hmm. He shouldn't I... care. He seems fully capable. I don't know why he's so worried about that. unless he's yeah. got to like finish the mission. Um there is a piece of the script that's cut out here. Uh, he says, you wanted to know when it's better to kill you. You'll have your answer. And that's cut out. I, hmm. I, I think right. he's alluding to the fact that he's deciding to shoot her, but he has to wait for the opportune time to do it. Yeah. But also we've gone over that it's a chicken or the egg thing. When did he actually decide to do this? Because he does it in um, in reverse mode. Um, and then he Volkov uh, motions uh, to him in the room and there's another guard there uh, and he starts walking off towards the side of the where they start opening one of the doors and it's glowing red. And that's when he says, tell me everything as it happens to Volkov. Uh, Volkov nods and he's in the room with him then, but also as we're cutting, it's different time frames. So he's actually in the car following uh, our boys um, as they set up. And then he steps into that corridor where it's kind of glowing red. I guess it's a corridor that's leading to the red chamber. It's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And he and he says, seal me inside. In the script, he drags Kat's body in there. Mm. And he says, seal us inside. So that there's a change there. And I think that's because in order to close the loop of how Kat got there, they need, they need to like drop her off somewhere where she can be picked up for the I don't know. There's some there's there's some weird continuity with how Cat gets to and from the the turnstile, and it escapes me now. So I failed as a tenant man. Uh, well, no, the, <laughs> I don't think I don't think they ever really show it. But Cat never gets inverted. Only only Seder does. Oh yeah, not until our boys show up and he inverts. Right, right, exactly. But but he takes the he has to unshoot her to bring her into the car chase when he's inverted right well he he inverts himself and shoots her immediately correct unshoots her which makes right. her alive in that time frame so then he goes through all this uh... well he unshoots her does that mean he had to uh, this is the this is no he shoots her because in his perspective he shoots her but from a normie's perspective it looks like he's unshooting her which is his, which is her experience, her uh, vantage point, and also the protagonist. No, he because he drags they're... her out of the in, into the time, so he she has to be alive. So when he comes out of the turnstile, she's shot, and he he has to do the reverse countdown. No, she's not do... shot. She's not shot. She's shot. No, when he comes out of the turnstile, she's not. I'm thinking about it from his perspective, from okay, his from inverted his perspective. perspective. 
from his inverted perspective, he comes out of the turnstile and he she's shot. No, she's shot. She has to be. Shot. She's not does shot. Un- but how does he take her out of there? He's moving. He's going backwards in time, but he has oh, to move. It, he has to get into this the is... car with her. He has the mask on in the car. She doesn't. She yeah. has a mask on when she's being shot because she's in that the blue side. Oof, you're right. You're right. So you're right. there's like a cause and effect thing where as he takes her out of life, he has to go drop her off somewhere. Which he does in the car that's still running and allows the them to get captured. Fuck, where's my whiteboard? Um well, it wouldn't be the last episode if we didn't leave something confusing uh, on. I mean, we, we've talked about doing a deeper dive, and not minute by minute, but more scene by scene, specifically on this one. Because um, this is this is really the most confusing. I think the end is also a little confusing, but this mm-hmm. one is really, really tough. Yeah, and... Very confused on who... And um, it's... That's why it's so weird. Like when he decides to shoot her, because she's if he comes out of the turnstile, she's already shot. It's like it. It's like he never did it intentionally. It's like it already happened, and he has to unshoot her, bring her alive, and drag her through the whole car chase. And then I guess he has to drop her off somewhere. So from Cat's perspective, she's in that other room. And then, so the cat that's across the glass in front of the protagonist is not the one that was saved from the road. It's the one who was, it's the one who was waiting in the other room. So there's, there's like, there's two satyrs here too, right? Because. The whole time he's waiting on the other side of the glass to come in and and invert. He. He like he must be watching the events of. No, I don't get it, man. I don't get it actually. And like he brings her into the whole event to disrupt the protagonist, but he shoots her before he leaves. That way, in that time frame, she's dead. Even though he's going back in time with her alive, he knows that in the future she's dead. He doesn't have to worry about her. That all yeah. checks out. I just don't understand how she gets from point A to point B. Um, unless, yeah. So they leave her alone in this room, writhing in pain. Then they drag her over for the interrogation scene where she gets shot. It doesn't make sense, though, because she's in the car chase that just happened. I, From her perspective, when is she put? She's put into the car by Andre who's inverted. That's a late, I feel like that's a later, like that's the latest Andre. Like that's after all the interrogation. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. Okay. Let's go back to the scene. Seal us inside. <laughs> and he said, that's the last we see of him. Yeah. Right. Seal me inside. Um, uh, and then we just, uh, we get a shot of the, um, the, armored truck inside the armored truck i want to point this out one of the goons uh, t- uh that's uh driving the truck is looking at his phone 
this is a second goon that is looking at his phone that kind of gets an unhappy demise. Uh, I, I guess this guy survives, but there's another guy who the protagonist uh, in Mumbai, when he climbs up the yeah. wall, there's a guy on his phone and then he looks up and the protagonist like shoots him or knocks him out. Uh, and this guy, he's on his phone and then he looks over and he sees um, the the big dump truck coming up next to him. He's like, huh? Hey, look, look, check out the, like, it's all nonverbal, but he kind of like puts yeah. his phone down and goes, Hey, this is odd. Why is this guy like uh, sitting right next to me in my blind spot? Um, and that's just one of the pieces that's all going to start coming together. Uh, and then we end with a shot of our boys, Neil and uh, TP in the BMW. Uh, Neil's about to start saying um, yellow team in place or something like that. Uh, but we stopped just short of that. And that's our last uh, scene. There's our boys in the car about to go through their, uh, their heist, their highway heist. Which we covered in previous minutes. <laughs> Which we, I'm very happy I got through. This is the only one I haven't had. <laughs> You've I, was had dreading, uh, I was dreading that scene and I'm finally through it here at the end. <laughs> I don't have to you've cover had, it. You've had, the, you've had a tougher job on this show than I have, for sure. Because <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, Cat, Cat during the, you know the situation there is a really confusing part. And then the very end is also another very confusing part. And you've covered, you've covered both of those minutes. Yeah. So, but your, bravo. Last, your last 10 to 15 minutes has been very straightforward. Uh, like talking oh, to man. each other, no invert, no inversion for you in the last uh, few episodes. <laughs> I mean, the most complicated scene for me is really just the first, like the Freeport uh, heist. Right. Yeah. Um, like crashing the plane and like that fight. Um, that's really the hardest part for me, which it wasn't actually not that complicated. Yeah. And I've, I weaved back through that too, without much right. complication. It really is the car chase, the highway scenes, the temporal pincer that is, I, I think even the temporal pincer that's going on at the end is actually very straightforward. Uh, it is which, like the, the, the physics of an inverted grenade still uh, or we're still not sure about. <laughs> yeah. And how Neil got into the, yeah. Well, I kind of figured out all that, but still. It's yeah. Like, yeah. That's a chicken or the egg. Thing. Like when did his body appear inside that gate? Uh, yeah. <laughs> which is also the dangling thread of how did cat kind of get involved in this? It's exactly the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's the same thing. It is the same thing. And it always comes down to, I'll say the last thing, it's based on the observation effect. When you observe something, you can tell it's like it's time, place and everything. But if you if it's unobserved, it could be anything. And it, in this movie, that observation is always not the characters, not what the characters see, not what every character sees. It's only what the camera shows you is definitive truth. Everything else is uh, subjective. And with that, <laughs> thank you all for listening to 72 episodes of the tenant men podcast yeah truly thank you <laughs> if you've enjoyed this please take a moment to follow review and rate on whatever service you found us on and rest assured we will never do this again <laughs> no but maybe we'll drop so if we do another feed another podcast we'll drop an episode or something on this feed to let you know what we're doing and where that's that's right, right. That's right. Yeah. Minimum effort is here to stay. And wherever we go, wherever we go next, we will, uh, we will keep you all informed. And until then, we'll see you at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs>
I'll see you at the beginning, friends.